Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. I want you to know that people do what they do because of influence. People do what they do because of the condition of the heart. And there's only one one that can change the heart, and that's Jesus Christ. God can only change the heart. How many of you agree with that? So I want you to turn with me, and if you've got your Bible, just if you're there, just say, I'm there waiting upon you. You're not there then. Do me one more favor. Turn to your neighbor next to him. And about right here, give him a little pinch. Ah, there you are. There you are. Are you ready? Beloved, do not think it strange. Everyone say strange. Do not think it strange concerning the fiery, fiery what? The fiery trial. Everyone goes through trials, don't they? Uh, Do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. As though some strange thing happened to you. In other words, don't be caught unaware, don't be surprised, or don't be caught off guard when something happens to you strange. Have you ever had anything strange happen to you? Well, let me ask this. Let me ask you this. Haven't you noticed how many strange things have been going on in the world? Just strange things. So what he's trying to tell us here and what Peter's trying to convey to us is don't don't be afraid or don't feel it weird because he said, but rejoice that you're the the extent that you partake of Christ's suffering, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are a reproach for the name of Christ, blessed are you. For the spirit of glory and of God rest upon you. On their part, he is blasphemed. But on your part, he is glorified. So we know by reading here, he's actually talking about the trials and the persecutions that the church went through. What we're experiencing in America right now is nothing near to what the New Testament church experienced. They were thrown into the lion's dens. They were boiled in oil. They were in prison, separated from their families just because they believed in Christ. Stranger things. But he said to them, don't think it to be strange. These things are going to happen. Jesus even said to the people and his disciples before he left them, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. But this is more than just being signaled out and, you know, this is more than just being looked at because you're a Christian. There are things and there are, there are spirits that identify who we are in the world. And we're living in a world now where even the prophet Isaiah said there will come a day. And he said, well, people will call evil good and good evil. You don't believe that? Try taking a stand for something that's right or morally correct and Watch how you're ridiculed or made fun of. But you are the light of the world. 
if you're a Christian, you should have a sense of awareness that there is something inside of you that's greater than darkness. So with that being said, I want to convey this to you this Sunday morning on the thought of facing the darkness. Facing the darkness. So what do we do in the hour that we're living in? So will you just make this your prayer one more time? Pray with me. Lord Jesus, bless this service. Bless this word. Bless my neighbor. In Jesus' name. Somebody give the Lord one more hand clap. One more. Just one more. Smile real big. And you can be seated after you smile. You didn't smile, you got to stand up. It's strange to look at the news and see all the things that are occurring and happening and thinking, how can this happen in America? But it isn't strange to think about these things if you lived or do live in another country. These things have been happening for centuries. For the past decade, we've looked at and we've recognized that things have become more chaotic with, with gun violence and with just people. But, but I'm going to just, for what it's worth, make this statement. A man told me this one time, pens don't write books and guns don't kill people. Just something to think about. The real issue is the heart of humanity. The real issue is the heart of men and women. And, and now, if you live for God, if you're not a cool Christian, which to me, by definition, a cool Christian is, is by the world accepted by every way. But somebody has to be there for God's people. And by the way, Lila, her, her name means for the people. Somebody has to be there to stand for God's people and for God's stance and for what God stands for. I don't think the people were wrong going to hear a good concert and they went to their family and I don't think there was, you know, God sees the heart. And I'm not going to judge anybody for going to boot fest. But I will encourage you to come back to church and get rebooted. That's all I'm saying. Most of you may have saw the videos that took place prior to that shooting. And I saw a video, and I saw people that were in the crowd, and they all came together to sing, God Bless America. How many of you saw that video? And they were all in the crowd prior to the shootings. They held their phones up as they were lit, and they were all singing, God bless America, land that I love. God stand beside her and guide her. And in unison, people were talking about God and giving God glory. And, and I got to tell you, despite their condition at that moment, if somebody was, you know, a little beyond their, their measure, I don't care what the condition was. God deals with everybody. God loves everybody. God reaches out to everyone. And then I saw a video of a guy who was standing on this little half cement wall with the megaphone, with the, uh, one of them, what are they called? Megaphone, is that what it is? Sorry. Megaphone. 
he was preaching the word of God, telling everybody who was in line for the concert, choose a better way. There's a heaven, there's a hell. And normally I would have looked at that and thought to myself, you know, you probably should have reached out for them before the concert. <laughs> You know, it's hard to tell somebody to turn away from something they paid good money for already and they're in there and you're trying to tell them and preach the gospel when they're not in the mindset. Normally I would say, you know, they're just, you know, I give them an, an E for effort and I think that he meant well. But, but looking back now, they say hindsight is twenty twenty, right? Looking back now, I, I saw the video and saw this man trying to tell people about Jesus and now I was thinking to myself, maybe this man was a Jonah, like Jonah was to Nineveh, trying to give him a warning, trying to reach out to all of them and, and do that. And I don't know if that's what it was or not. But until I saw another cowboy come out from the crowd, a cowboy came out with his big 10-gallon hat or 5-gallon hat, whatever and he pointed at this little preacher. He looked at him in the face. And he, was, he stood up there on his little soapbox. And he said to him, I worship Satan. I love Satan. And kept telling this guy who was talking about Jesus, just being sarcastic and pointing in his face. Then my mind and my heart changed. And I thought to myself, good for that preacher good for him I don't think everyone needs to go and buy megaphones and stand out on the streets and tell everybody repent for the end is near I think a better way of dealing with this is living the life and making sure that your families are strong in Christ Jesus you may not be able to change the world but you can change your home and if you can change your home, you can affect your community. Because your kids will get older, and they will carry out your values. They will carry out what you believe. Children, no matter what age they are, will always follow in the footsteps of their parents. And everything you do, whatever you do, parent, mom and dad, in moderation, your children would do in excess. And whatever shoes you put on and walk in, they're going to follow in your footsteps. That's why more than anything else, we may not be able to change the world. But I know at this church, at Covenant, in this moment, we can worship Jesus. We can preach the word of God where it's understood. We can be an influence one with another. And we can go out and change our city. We can, and we'll do it one family at a time, one individual at a time, by love, by worship, by invitation, by setting an atmosphere that's conducive to a passion that longs for the presence of God. I have to be in a church where I can feel the presence of God in my life. I have to be in a church where I can worship freely I have to be in a church where I can pray in the spirit and let my tongues go. I have to be in a church. I, what, about, what about you? Do you have to be in that kind of a church? 
I need to be in an atmosphere where I can lift my hands and shout hallelujah or just say, I love you, Jesus, or at least shed a tear. Nobody's going to think I'm strange. I'm thankful for this house here today. I really am very thankful for this house. And some people may call it strange. Be quite honest with you. I think it's, if you don't do that in this church, they may think you're strange. That's why people love this church, because first of all, it's not weird. It's not weird when it's God. And you can feel a sincerity in what we do and how we express ourselves, because you knowing that one moment, just in that one moment, when the Spirit of God comes in, it feels like you're, you're just completely sin-free and you feel the condemnation lifting off of you. And you feel that in that one moment, you feel that God is moving and He's changing and shifting things and healing you and re rejuvenating your spirit and just begin to refresh you in that one moment. And it just for that one moment, we get to step in the glory or the Shekinah glory of God in the holy of holies and we step in and we begin to see the transformation then everything else outside of that becomes strange it becomes weird and you can see yourself living for god doing the right thing not by by your will not by your flesh not by blood but by his spirit by his spirit god is so powerful god is so powerful and i gotta tell you sitting on this side of the desk nothing surprises me anymore Nothing surprises. I have heard it all. Not all. A lot. I've seen a lot. I just, nothing shocks me anymore. But, but did you know that the Spirit of God is a shock absorber? For the Christian believer, for the believer, the Spirit of God. See, the Word of God becomes a filter, but when it hits you beyond your capacity of your mind, there's something that calms the storm inside of you because there is peace. There is peace like a river. How many of you understand and know what it means to feel the peace of God in your life? Aren't you thankful for the peace of God? <laughs> Nothing should surprise the believer when things happen. Tragedy strikes. We can be set back or thrown back for a moment, but there's something on the inside that's greater than that's on the outside. The only thing that can get us is if really it happens to us. But even then, he said, don't think it's strange, Peter wrote, of the trials that come into your way because you were made for this. You were designed to withstand things that normally people couldn't stand for. You were designed in a world of trouble you were made as a hardy boat designed in a weathery storm, in a tempestuous storm. You were made to sail and to go beyond in a great horizon, to reach your destiny, to never go wayward. You and I were designed as the ship of Zion. You are the church. You are the church. You're not just anybody. You are the church. You are God's body in the earth. And here's what I'm trying to tell you. God can never be filled with fear. God can never be scared. God can never be afraid. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. For the Holy Ghost, listen, for the spirit in us 
is one of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, in the presence of God. When I come to church, I just try to get under the spigot and under the spout where the glory comes out. I just come to church to lift my hands to get under the waterfall where the glory falls. I just want to get more of him every single day. And when I am by myself, that's when I'm going to be responsible. I'm responsible. Everyone is responsible for how full they stay. Everyone's responsible. Wives, you ever look at your husband's car and when you get into it and need to borrow it, it's on empty? Or husbands? And you call them up and you tell them you did it again? You left me with a vehicle that's on empty? And then they ask you, where is it at? Is it on the orange line? Or is it in the orange line? Is it touching E? Well, it's, it's right, it's on the orange line. Oh, you have enough. <laughs> Running on empty. <laughs> Running on empty, man. I hate it when I get into a car and it's on empty. Again. Oh. We are living in a world that is used to running on empty. We are used to running on empty. Just getting just a little bit. Just to get us through. I, I used to be, I used to be the one, I'm going to confess. I used to be the guy who would go to the gas station and just put $5 when gas was 99 cents. Now you put $5 in, they're like, what? $5 ain't going to get you any place, man. Come on. But I was that guy. Now I try to fill up as much as I can. And, you know, it just lasts longer and it makes sense. When I know when I come into God's presence, I need a fill-up. I need a fill-up. And the only way I can fill up is to allow God to remove everything that's blocking space in my tank. You understand what I'm saying? I have to, if I want to get filled up, I have to just empty out first. Because the way things are in this world, I need Jesus today. I need, like, like the old t-shirt, I've read this before. This morning, I need a I need a whole lot of Jesus in one cup of coffee or something like that. Coffee and Jesus. You know the saying? I forget. I don't know the saying. All I know is I can't live without him. I can't live without him. The apostle Peter was trying to tell the church, be prepared. Number one, be prepared. Be prepared. Now, let me get real with you. The, 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 the Spirit of God has been talking to me very straight, been telling me things that I need to talk to you about. And I feel very responsible for what's going on in this season in our lives. I'm going to start off by saying this to you. I don't care what your theology is in eschatology. The Lord is coming back. And all signs are proving. And I'm going to tell you, you do the study. It's not just Christians. Hebrews. Israelites, Muslims, Hindus, they all believe that every one of them, every, one, every religion believes that we are in the end times. 
and things aren't going to get any better. And I don't want to be a pessimist. I have never been a gloom and doom kind of preacher. I have never been the kind of person that has stepped up here and tried to speak negative. And I'm not speaking negative. But I would be a fool if I didn't say that things, everything's going to be okay this next week and things are going to go back to the way they were in the 80s, the 90s, the 70s. Yeah. I'd be a fool if I told you they're not going to get worse. But I feel as I pray an urgency in my spirit to tell the church, you better be prepared for the days ahead. And the days of playing church are going to go out the window and more people are going to be running to the house of God for a real experience. And there's going to be tons of people. Mark my words. I prophesy to you in the days to come, there are going to be people that are going to be going to church to experience the presence of God and looking for the real thing. Not just being part of a church for a membership, just to look and see what kind of entertainment they have for their children. Not to be part of a church just to see how their curriculum are, is for their children and their young people. But a church that has the presence of God in there, that preaches the word of God, that doesn't give a motivational speech. And I don't have any, and I don't have any acts to grind with anybody. But God keeps telling me personally, as a pastor, you better stop playing church. You better stop playing church because there in this day, in this hour, the church needs to be there. There needs to be people praying for our nation right now. It may not be happening in Victoria, but what if it does? Then things get real. And then we try to act real. Listen, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And just a little bit, a little bit of walking with Jesus, just a little talk with him, makes everything go all right. Doesn't you know the old song? Let us have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell him all about our troubles. He will hear our faintest cry. He will answer by and by. Ah, uh, you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I love all the new songs, but them old songs were, were written in times of sacrifice. They went through persecution. Those old songs like Amazing Grace came out of hearts that were, that were in tribulation and troubled and chime. You can feel it in there. And all I'm telling you is, is that, that America, Covenant Life Center, Victoria, Texas, whoever it is in this world... You need to be praying. You need to be living for God. You need to be in a place that's real. You need to be in an atmosphere that's conducive to the glory of God and the presence of God. You can't sit there and just go through the motions just so you can tell all your friends and family, you know, I was that covenant today. Hashtag praising hands, praising hands. <laughs> right? Just because you hashtag praising hands doesn't mean you're praising God. I mean, I, most of you put praising hands and you're sitting there like this. <laughs> I almost want to go on there and say, I didn't see praising hands today. 
<laughs> I'm messing with you. <laughs> but my God, where is the church in 2017? Is there even a church anymore that likes to praise God and lift up your hands? And is there even a praying mama out there that still know how to kneel down in the midnight hour and burn the oil and just cry out to Jesus? Is there anybody that knows anything about that in this place? Are there any daddies that take off during your lunch hour and just go read the Word of God and memorize the Bible anymore? Are there any young people that like to still get on fire for Jesus and, and experience Him? I'm asking, I'm asking, I'm asking because the one thing we do that matters more than anything else is make sure that our children have an experience with God. I need my children to experience God. I've got a nine-year-old, and I'm going to tell you something. That nine-year-old needs to feel the presence of God. That nine-year-old, I don't care how fashionable he is. I don't care if he knows all the lingo of this generation. What I do care about, has he experienced the power of God in his life? And has he felt the love of God in his home? And does he even know the Bible? Oh, calm down, Pastor Bobby. You calm down. This is real. This is real. It got real, folks. It's gotten real. I'm not used to shouting. In You're used to shouting in the auditorium with that football, that soccer ball. I just, I just feel passionate about him because, because I feel him and I know he's real. I'll be a fool for his sake. I'll be the preacher that stands up there and lifts his voice and. I'll be the one to tell everybody you can't just live and keep living a double standard in your life. Somebody has to get real with Jesus. Somebody has to start walking with him. Somebody has to be the light. We got to be prepared. Being prepared is not living in fear. Being prepared is living by faith. It's not living in fear, being prepared. It's living by faith. God's children should never be caught unaware of his arrival. You see, we don't know the time or the season, the day or the hour, but we know the season. We can tell by things that are transpiring in the world. We got a clear understanding from all the things that are there and the days of just going through the motions. I'm gonna tell you something. Those days are going to come to an end. It sounds strange to even say this kind of stuff, but I'm telling you, I'm going to be obedient to the Spirit of God. Those days of just playing church are fixing to go out the windows in the years to come. And there needs to be a group of people who aren't persuaded by strange things that take place, but know how to be rock solid, feeling secure, and you can sleep at night knowing no matter what comes our way, all is well with my soul, all is well with my family. As for me and my house, we have been serving the Lord. My children are saved. My children are living right. They've all got the Holy Ghost. They all speak in tongues. That's all I'm saying. Yes, I believe in speaking in tongues. Don't you? 
Yes, I believe prayer works. Yes, I believe God's a healer. Yes, I believe that God's a supernatural provider. Yes, I believe that God moved on a widow woman and provided a, a, a one meal for, for the prophet. Yes, I do believe that God made her oil and made that barrel last a meal. I, I believe he made it last in a famine when everyone else was out. God is still God. God is still able. God can stretch your dollars. God can make your tires last longer than they should. God can make that car run longer than it should. God can make you happy and content. Listen, God can give you a content heart not to get in debt and go buy something else just because. God can cause you to get out of debt. God can cause you to be promoted supernaturally. God can do some things in your life you couldn't do for yourself. God can heal you when the doctor said it's all over. God says, I'm just getting started. God can do so much more. Where are the people that believe this kind of stuff? Where are the people that believe that there are angels in the world that still move and, and respond to the word of God? Are they in this house? If they are, somebody say amen. amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. Come on. God is still God. The second thing, and I have scripture and I have Bible, Luke chapter 21, verse 34 and 36. Listen to what it says. But take heed to yourself, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, cares of this life, and that day come upon you unexpectedly. What day is that? The coming of the Lord. For it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the earth. Watch, therefore, pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. We've got to all stand before God one day, but it's God's delight to look at every one of us and say these two words well done well done thou good and faithful servant first thessalonians 5 4 and 5 but you brethren are not in darkness turn to somebody and tell them i'm not that dark oh i'm sorry i read that wrong turn to your neighbor and tell them i'm not in darkness So that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all, listen to this now. This ought to make you happy and make you smile. You are all, who are all? You. You, big dummy. You. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. People may call you strange because you do the right thing. Or is it that they are strange? See, I used to think people like me were strange one time, at one time. You wouldn't, you, if you would have told me 30 years ago, yeah, or so, 25 years ago, that I would be preaching and standing in front of people telling them to read the Bible, telling them to do what's right, telling them to just simply follow God's word and pray. I probably would have thought you were crazy. 
I would have never thought God had called me into the ministry at this level of responsibility. But it is a weighty responsibility. I have to be responsible to convey the message that God has given to us in this hour. And that is be prepared. And that is number two also. Understand that bright light drives out darkness. It is not hard to walk into a present circumstance that seems dark and then be recognized by others or by a circumstance as being different. Have you ever been woken up in the morning by your spouse or uh, your brother or sister in the morning when it was fully dark, it was dark in your room, and all of a sudden somebody walks in and flips the light switch on and says to you, like, you're going to love the light that bright, that early? Time to get up. That sweet voice becomes annoying because, because it's just such a contradiction. Nobody likes to wake up to bright light. Nobody. I don't. Well, maybe you do. I don't. So, so what I recognize is, is that when the light's on, eventually I become kind of used to it. My, my, I start to dilate. My eyes start to dilate again. and My retina's not been destroyed. Everything is good. <laughs> And so I start to just get used to the light and walking in the light. Eventually, I'm out in the sunlight, which is brighter than that 120-watt bulb that was up there. So eventually, we all want to head to the light. What I'm saying to you is every single person in this world has good inside of them. And eventually, I believe every heart wants to do good and be led to the light. The problem is, is that sometimes the light can be so bright coming from our lives, it takes some time to get used to it. But if you'll be consistent and stay strong and be real, eventually they will get used to you. They will get used to your light. And you can't lead them to greater light, which is Jesus, unless you first are the light. You don't win somebody over by stepping into their level and being like them. You walk at another level of commitment and love where they eventually can see they'll get used to it. They may not like you at first, but when they start to let their spirit get adjusted, they will love you because the path that you're walking in is a path of peace because the life you are living in is a life of love because the direction you're taking has been one of favor and they see the blessings of God in your life. I believe every child of God should have blessings in their life and give God the glory for every one of them. So you get more light. Humility brings light. And when you walk in the light as he is in the light, then you are the children of God and you're free from sin. And then God keeps you pure. And then you have supernatural protection in your life. And you can, you can hear the voice of God and there are no distractions. And, and God calls you to be a light in darkness let me, let me just tell you this. God's children were meant to illuminate the world around them. Watch this, watch this. Matthew chapter 5, verse 12. And this is the last scripture. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For they 
persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing to be thrown out and trampled under the foot of men. You are the light of the world. Now, I thought Jesus was the light. He was the light. First John, John, John chapter 1, the gospel of John. And there was a light that shined among us. And John the Baptist was sent to bear witness of that light. He was not that light, but has come to bear witness of that light. That lighteth every man that cometh into the world, the scripture says. It's a light that shined in darkness. Oh, throw it back up there, guys. You are a light, the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. But a lamp, but on a lamp, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who's in heaven. You see, if God's given you light, the next thing God wants to do is put you in darkness. Watch that now. The more you pray, you want to know why sometimes people get promoted? This is a revelation. You want to know why sometimes God promotes you when you start praying more and start doing more? At the level you were at, you gave all the light you could. But now God wants you to go to another level to give people, other people at another level more light. If you get promoted, it's because sometimes God will put you in a place where there's darker places or darker people or people who are so far from God all they need is a little light they may not know you very well they and then listen you cannot be afraid of people the day you get delivered from people is the day you're going to be the best you that you can be I thank God he delivered me from people I can pray in public I'm not afraid to pray at the dinner table I, and I have to be honest with you sometimes I forget I'm not the only one. Yeah. I mean, sometimes the food just smells so good. You're like, oh, my Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for this food. Amen. Go back at it and hit it. And we all forget. But the truth is, is that, that he called me more than just to pray at the dinner table. He called me to live the life. And, and light was meant to be put in dark places. Why do we even need light if we're not going to be in here? We don't need light if we're, all, if we're not all here. We're here to see one another. So whenever you show up on the job or you show up in your business or you show up even in your family, God gave you light to be darkness. This is what happened to Jesus. Everywhere he went, he didn't stay with religious people. You, did you ever recognize that? He stayed away from religious people. He stayed away from the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And in fact, he, he just called them hypocrites and told them, you're living a double standard. He didn't want to have anything to do with them. But you want to know why he didn't call out sinners the way that we feel like he should have? It's because they weren't hypocrites about it, and they, needed, they were in darkness, and he knew it. And he went there, and all he did was love them. But he was a contradiction in the world. But he led more people out of darkness into his marvelous light than any other human being in the entire world. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. And all he was doing was just simply living. Living. 
Listen to what Martin Luther King Jr. said. Listen to what he said. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. You want to know who you are today? You want to know why God is called what he's called you to be ultimately? He's called you to be light. And sometimes in order for the light an indication that you're actually lit <laughs> is sometimes people don't like it. Oh, man, again. Man, I'm going to say what I want to say around you. Man, I'm going to do what I want to do around you. Man, I'm going to, I'm going to. You have a family and kids? You go to church every. Man, will you pray for me? I'm going through a tough time right now. Isn't it funny how people, they always know who to go to for a prayer request? Don't be ashamed of being called a Christian. There has to be light. Is there any light in this house? I want you to stand to your feet. I feel this presence of God. Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at CLC Victoria and download our app.